thing. So we stand in front of Dollar Tree and basically he's such as this, this thing here. RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. We are live for a Monday night edition of the People's Talk Show. Excited to connect and looking forward to finding out uh, what's on your radar. As always, want to welcome you to the community. Any first time viewers, let me know where you're watching from. Definitely would love to give you a quick shout out. And also, there is more than enough topics to touch on. So make sure you uh, share that in the chat. And I would definitely love to talk about that as we get through about three or four articles here. And I want to talk about uh, something that was passed along to me within the community, as well as a follow up to a question uh, someone asked me in Telegram in reference to the housing market in the Metro Detroit area. So I've been paying more attention to it as of late and noticed a significant change within a very small time frame. So we're going to talk about that and also curious to get your thoughts and uh, just some ideas as to what's happening in your neck of the woods when it comes to the evaluation of these houses and uh, have you noticed uh, a large amount of houses being listed in your neck of the woods? So curious to find out that because uh, I think that helps us get a better grasp of what's happening in Main Street outside of the narratives we're fed from the mainstream media. And uh, it's amazing how the narratives change within a year of there not being enough housing uh, when things when, when interest rates were low and everybody was out there uh, piling up in lines to uh, basically view properties. And now all of a sudden there's more than enough houses out there but not a lot of buyers. So uh, we're going to touch on that. Anyway, what else we got, man? Lots of stuff to touch on. So I have, I, let me just scan through, uh, acknowledge a couple people. If you have not already, hit that thumbs up button. Hopefully that helps the algorithms kick in. And then I'll do some shout outs, do some maintenance. Then we'll jump into some headlines. And then I'll love to open the phone lines. We'll love to hear from some people tonight. All right, we got, uh, let me see here. Ed checking in. Uh, says, when will the deflation happen? Ed, great point, man. Uh, the deflationary period that I think we all, uh, even the Federal Reserve, uh, are they're fighting against is the moment they decide to stop lying and let the markets actually do what they are intended to do, which is to correct a, some form of fair market value minus the manipulation. And so ultimately, monetary policy has been designed to continue to continually inflate things now that they've stopped or outright uh, cut off the spigot, we're seeing the contraction of certain asset classes. And so I think a lot of what's happening with the housing market and the um, readjusting of prices downward happens to be triggers or signs of deflationary pressures uh, in reference to just air seeping out some of these bubbles. So in my personal opinion, is well underway now. Now, will there be a continual contraction of these bubbles? Or will there be an outright bursting of the bubbles, you know, it's to be determined. But we all know where this is heading based upon monetary policy. It's inevitable. So uh, be patient. Enjoy the ride. And, of course, try to look for opportunities amongst all the chaos as it unfolds, in my personal opinion. We got Carl. We got Solo. Daryl checking in. What else? We got X. We got Jay. We got uh, A.G. Stackerdom from uh, Sparta, Tennessee, which is works. Uh, says, Mike, you took a snippet of my convo about silver. Uh, you took a you took a snippet of my convo about silver. It was about the gold uh, government uh, scam. The people into selling their gold. You think they will let you sell your silver when the dollar crashes? Uh, as far as he says, you 
I guess, do you think they will let you sell your silver when the dollar crashes? Um, I'd imagine uh, if we get to some type of chaotic environment, financially speaking, uh, they're going to probably impose some type of severe taxation on any form of monetary metals or any capital gains tax. They're going to rewrite the rules of the games like they always have. And so I don't think they'll let people exchange uh, and profit off of this transition. So uh, a lot of things tend to happen on what would probably be considered like a black market type of activity or a barter system or some type of advent that'll come about helping people, uh, I guess, do a better job of price discovery, setting price discovery for items, uh, I guess, measured in weight uh, of silver as well as gold moving forward. So I guess the best technology and the best methods for transacting, in my opinion, haven't even been invented yet as far as the way that, you know, people who are under pressure become extremely creative and find ways of making things uh, come about. So I don't think we're nowhere near that. But once again, I I, I think they're going to definitely try to find some way to make sure that you don't enjoy uh, your wise stewardship of saving in real sound money in in advance of this correction. So that's just my two cents. Uh, We got Dave MW, we got Yvette G checking in from uh, Turrence, California. We got, uh, uh, okay, fair amount of people here. Appreciate you, man. Uh, let's jump in. Let me do a little maintenance on my side. Just you know, want to make sure I cover all my grounds and welcome any first time viewers to the community. Never know when who, who people might pop in for the first time. But uh, two links down below, Bullion Max RTD, as well as RTD.news. If you have not, of course, this is the best way to add to your stack in a very affordable way. And I believe as the price of silver goes down, this silver pack also becomes more affordable. So it's a great way to add to your stack if you are in the in the game for continue to save and real sound money. So definitely take advantage of that opportunity. And if you haven't already, make sure you guys connect with rtd.locals.com. That's the best place to connect in case we're disconnected from YouTube, which of course is just a matter of time. So make sure you plug in there. And if you'd like to support the channel, any help is necessary, any needed is needed. Definitely feel free to do so uh, with the donation tag as well. And of course, all the other information you would need to connect is definitely here. I've been trying to put together everything you need to make sure you stay plugged in. So uh, that link can direct you to where you need to go. All right, let's jump right in. So let me, uh, I, I wanted to share with you this real quick. So uh, this is a map of the metropolitan Detroit area. And so one of the community members in the Telegram chat asked me not long ago, hey, Mike, what's the housing market looking like? And so this is a, maybe a month or so later. And back in June, July-ish, when we were having some real estate talk in the Telegram channel, there was nowhere as near as many houses listed as it is now. So within the last several weeks, something has changed. And uh, one thing that I've noticed as I zoomed in on a lot of these locations here, that is there's been a price adjusting. And so a lot of people have come down their prices, signifying how... Uh, the glut of housing makes it very competitive for people to get what they think their their house is worth. Nevertheless, what the real value is in reference to what someone's willing to pay for that piece of property. So I'd imagine wherever you're geographically located, you might see something similar. And the reason I wanted to jump on this subject matter was just because of, of this headline here that I came across. And I actually was, it was a very detailed and a well-written piece. But again, it's, it's spun off of the happy-go-luckiness of like, you know, when a recession hits, there could be, and I'm thinking like, 
if the government stopped lying and changing the rules of the games and let things fall, let the chips fall where they may, there would have already been a severe correction in a lot of asset classes, including housing. And it's only a matter of time. It's not if, it's more so when. And according to some of the projections given here by a very understated, some understated figures here, lets me know that it's just more so whenever the narrative, whenever the controlling authorities of the mainstream, mainstream media lose the controlling narrative or something outright breaks, then, of course, the true truth will be revealed. So there was a lot of interesting points here that I wanted to highlight just because uh, there's some some key areas here that you know are, are significantly overvalued according to their own stats. So uh, but it says, is America on the verge of a house price collapse? Prices could crash. And I just, you know, I want to see words like this. You know, I know they can't really, you know, be truthful in that sense. But, you know, said prices will crash by up to 20% and homes are overvalued by as much as 70%. And so you have a lot of, you know, we got the uh, Harry Dance. We got a lot of far, far extreme analysts and economists, you know, giving some very wild figures saying 80%, 90%, you know, equities markets which I believe is probably in line for what we can expect just because it's going to be a global contagion and just not an isolated event here. But if we were to have an equities markets of say 70, 80, whatever, something extreme like that, you think housing is just going to stop at 20%, you know, it's going to go the same amount in my, in my estimation. So nobody knows for sure, but I just think these low ball figures, even Ray Dalio came out talking about, uh, I shared an article. He said, you know, 20 to 25 percent, you know, he sees a correction in the equities market. I'm like, man, like, come on now. You know better than that. Anyway, just some of the things I want to read through real quick. And if you guys want to dive even deeper, I tell you, uh, you know, feel free to Google this. But uh, Mark Zandi, chief economist for Moody's Analytics, was pessimistic about the housing market in May. But he has now uh, made his forecast even more bleak as of this past week. He says the news is particularly dire for people who have purchased uh, purchased homes in the fortune terms in the bubble markets in Boise, Idaho, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Austin, Texas. But a total of 180 of these areas across the U.S. have property deemed as overvalued. It says L.A., Orlando, Seattle, Indianapolis, where properties is also estimated to be 30% overvalued. Homes in Houston are 34.5%. And it goes on to give you more states. But here's just a visual aid that I thought was worth, you know, just gives you a broader viewpoint as to some geographical locations. And so let me know what areas you guys are in. And are you seeing these same relative uh, valuations as far as how overvalued they are? Uh, let me know in the chat. And uh, real quick here, just some last more. Here, here is uh, America's overvalued areas. And they include and just more more places, 30% Long Beach. We got uh, Utah, 50%. And of course, mind you, over the last three years, people have been fleeing California left and right, heading further towards the Midwest as well as Florida. And so it's no doubt that the Boise, Idaho, Billings, Montana, and a lot of these other places, housing markets have went up just because you got people who are leaving their draconian states. And so here's just more figures here. 34% Houston, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Grand Rapids, Michigan is 45%. Grand Rapids is, is, is beautiful. And so it doesn't surprise me one bit. Las Vegas, 53% and the like. Atlanta, 35 So anyway, it just gives some figures here. Boise, Idaho, uh, average house is 526000 which is almost 72% overvalued. Charlotte, North Carolina, 66%. And uh, let me see. It says the average house is 406 in Texas. 
Austin, Texas is 61% overvalued. The average house is 661000 And it says here, the housing inventory is at its highest level since April of 2009 as sellers struggle to get rid of their property because mortgages have become more expensive and other financial pressures. So a lot of other stats and graphs down here, uh, definitely just shining a light how we've been lied to all along. And so here is just inflation from July 2021 to 2022, and 8.5% is what they want us to believe. But just look at the things we actually use and and uh, uh, and use the most. Gasoline is up 44% year over year. So anyway, that's just something from the housing market. Lots more information here, but I definitely would be curious to find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. So feel free to do, do so, share that. And then on another note, here's something that uh, one of the community members sent to me as well. Just shows the dire state of the uh, renting market and the soon-to-be impact on landlords. And so not only are we having issues with the valuations of houses being overpriced and bound to correct at some point, but then you got the everyday person from an investment standpoint all the way down to just you know trying to put a roof over your head. And come this fall, is going to be a day of reckoning on many fronts. But just the, the numbers just stood out to me as being something we're bringing to your attention. But it says the Census Bureau, uh, 3.8 million renters will likely be evicted in the next two months. Why the rental crisis keeps getting worse. And so it has a lot to do with the fact that moratoriums uh, state by state have been uplifted. And now it's pretty much everybody for themselves just because the extremely liberal left that was trying to make sure everybody had a chance to live and not pay anything uh, as the whole economy unraveled. And now they're not concerned with that because it's midterm time. And so now they want to make sure that they have everything set in place for student loans and trying to buy votes and things of that nature. But real quick here, it says for the first time ever, the median rent in the U.S. topped $2,000 a month, $2,000 a month in June. I, you know, that is that those man just whew, that's a heck of an expense there. It says and the increases show no sign of stopping, it says the rising house uh, rent, the, the rising rents mean household represent a total of eight point five million people were be, behind on their rent at the end of August, according to the uh, to the consensus. It says here rents up nearly twenty five percent since uh, before the pandemic. So not even just the last three years where people are experiencing continual in, uh, increase in rent. But just from an investment standpoint, as a land landowner, land you're trying to get the most bang for your buck in relation to the cost that you have to cover with that property. So it's inevitable. So it says since 2006, rents have risen faster than home prices. But at the same time, the shortage of available rental units has been steadily increasing since the Great Recession. And so it says nearly half of all renters, more than 30 million people, had been hit with a rent hike in the last 12 months with 19% paying a monthly increase of 100 to $250, 7% paying 250 to 500 and 4% needed needing to find another $500 a month to stay in their apartment. So uh, that's just, man, the state of the housing market in a nutshell. It's, just, it's Those numbers, man, are staggering. But then again, that's the world we live in. And so based upon those economic conditions, as well as the deterioration of economy around us, you know, it, it just makes it more evident to where it's just a matter of time, as, you know, moving forward before people continue to be basically priced out of affordable housing while also being able to maintain their current level of living uh, as uh, we move further into this decade. So 
uh, I'm assuming everybody can c- kind of see how with these type of pressures, it makes it easier for the World Economic Forum and all those globalists working in hand with the par- private, par- the public and private partnerships we got going on here uh, to basically make sure that people don't own anything like they said. They're going to make it unaffordable and unobtainable for those who can't afford it. So that's just what's happening in the housing space. But keep it moving right along. Uh, when it comes to overall just consumer debt, uh, we're getting some interesting figures out of uh, Bank of America in reference to just them tracking the amount that people are swiping their cards or are not swiping. So it says here, higher income Americans are pulling back on spending. And then here is an interesting visual representation of what that looks like in real time. And it says here, according to the Bank of, Bank of America Institute, spending among households earning more than 125000 has declined over the last three consecutive months. So as you guys can see here, these numbers don't lie. So as we've gone into summer, heading into fall, more people are tightening up their belt and spending less on things that will be considered unessentials, non-essentials. And so here's just more information here. It says airline spending over the last several months has been trending down for, for all households, whether under 50,000 or under 125,000 been trending down lodging spending per household based on a bank of America credit card. So housing went up midsummer as far as people using the credit cards to pay for housing. That's probably traveling as well. And it's coming down. So that's just, uh, the state of the credit card swipe for a fair amount of people, not all people, but a fair amount of people. And then keeping it moving right along, uh, two more articles here. So feel free to throw out some thoughts, ideas. Definitely love to touch on a a variety of subject matter. Uh, Here is something that was a trigger from last week. And I thought this was interesting because even the uber wealthy uh, are also being hit. But then again, we know that they'll be covered because what's a couple billion when you have a a variety of asset classes you're invested in, including companies that might end up being too big to fail down the line, uh, depending on how the government responds when this uh, next crash or correction occurs. But says Powell's eight minute speech erases 78 billion from the richest Americans. And so I'm assuming nobody's really crying or feeling sympathetic for Elon Musk or nothing like that. But it says Elon Musk saw 5.5 billion erased Jeff Bezos saw 6.8. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett declined 2.2. And uh, Sergey Breen's was now below $100 billion. Poor thing. So here's just a little visual aid showing how over the last year, Jeff Bezos has lost $38 billion. And Elon Musk, $16 billion. So yeah, billionaire problems. They're on another level. But anyway, <laughs> and we haven't seen anything yet, so. But keep it moving. And on the last note here, here's something I think that we're going to hear a lot more about moving forward, because this I, I, I my suspicion would be that this Fed now, which they're moving forward with at a rapid pace, they put the CBDC on the back burner intentionally. And it's my suspicion that based upon listening to Brannard's speech earlier, a little five minute snippet on the Fed now and listening to a couple keywords as well as reading through this, my suspicion is that. Once this Fed now is up and operational, it's designed to be a instantaneous, immediate settlement type of payment network. And some of the buzzwords they were using was basically having 
small businesses as well as the major businesses being able to sync into it in real time for instant payments, similar to what like PayPal and all those other things that are immediate. But then uh, they were talking about being able to distribute payments to people and helping the unbanked and all those narratives that we've heard when it comes to what the whole CBDC was for. And so it's my suspicion that the Fed now will be launched officially right around this time frame right now, fully operational, like Brenner said, between May and July of next year. And then you better believe that they're going to find a way to automatically roll into this Fed now program, the ability to provide instant payments via a central bank digital currency, because this Fed now network and cahoots with a lot of other distributed ledger. I mean, even there's some XRP involved in this. So it stuff goes a lot deeper than I'll be able to cover here. But Fed now first, CBDC second. So they're laying a framework for how they're going to build on top of this. And it's just a matter of time before the CDBC is rolled out. So if this is all fully rolled out and operational, no hiccups, no glitches, and more nations are able to plug into it and all the retail banks and all the too big to fill banks plug into it. You better believe the consumer is going to be on the end of that with the CBDCs if and when something breaks. So uh, this is a very detailed article here. If you guys are interested in finding out more, but uh, it's just, it's just more so like a, an information piece doesn't give you any details. You got to actually listen to the speech that she gave and I can find that, but just type in uh, Brannert and there's a five minute speech where she's basically said all those key words that just sounds too good of an opportunity to miss to pass out, pass up on in reference to having everything needed to roll out a CBDC. So that's my little rant. But anyway, uh, let, let's talk. Let's open the phone lines. Uh, I think I laid out enough three or four stories. Curious to get your thoughts on it. Feel free to throw some more th- stories on top of that. Uh, and also highlight at rethink of the dollar. And uh, we'll uh, jump on top of that. Uh, let me see here. TB says you can't push CBDC behind the dollar fed now. Oh, by the way, CBDC. Uh, yeah, it's all up to them, man. It's, it's whatever they have in plan. But, but I'd imagine we can all agree that uh, in their way of thinking, they've already thought this through. Now it's a matter of creating the right environment. And I, I want to say the legislation to approve of a CBDC will be all encompassing with the executive order that was put out by Biden and all the other things will will speed will speed track everything through to where it'd be easier for them to come out with some type of solution to the inevitable problem we're all witnessing in real time. So uh but once again I hope it doesn't succeed. I hope it fails. I hope there are glitches. I hope that uh they uh they do fail at their plans. But in the meantime, we've got a window of time to take advantage of opportunities in the form of trying to Basically, become as self-sufficient as you can in, re- in relation to how you're going to protect yourself, whether it be you dip and dabble in the alternative media space as far as the cryptos or whatever you do, or definitely having your, your backup insurance in the form of metals and things of that nature. And of course, having cash on hand because there will be a fire sale like the world's never seen. And that's why all the billionaires were liquidating their own shares ahead of time so they could have enough cash to uh, uh, go go Christmas early Christmas shopping for builders and skyscrapers and malls and buying up towns and cities and all that type of stuff. Anyway, uh, let me see here. Uh, Mike in 2020, uh, we had to shut down 90% of the world, small declining property, but no collapse 5%. And then H inflated by 25%. Here we are again, same thing, pump dump, how much money coming from the printer soon. <sighs> SG man. Um, 
I think uh, it's it, we, you know, this. I just think that script you just gave out to me, it, it falls right in line based upon prior events. And it only is only natural to suspect that they'll stick to that same course. But mind you, they're working towards a reset, which requires a complete, complete reboot of the system. So I don't think there's going to be a pivot in the way that we've seen them pivot before, just because they'll be doing more of the same thing, prolonging this rather than restructuring this in time for the unified CBDC rollout and all the other things. So I don't see them pivoting, man, the way that they have before by 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 basically reversing course, QE again, stuff like that. I think they're going to bring out something relatively newer and it's going to encompass the CBDC and whatever method they use to support the government. Because mine is about keeping the government liquid so they can make sure all the payrolls and stuff is met, the military is paid for and all that stuff. And then they worry about us last and they're going to give the consumer, the retail person a CBDC while they try to work out however they do what they do on their end. So I see a lot more pain before I see a pivot. That's just my suspicion. I could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But, you know, I just think it's too predictable. It's too easy to go along with them pivoting so soon. We ain't really experiencing nothing major yet. And then lying along the way. Hello, Carlos. What's name we calling from? Hey, Mike. This is Frank from CT. Frank, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Good, how are you? Doing excellent, man. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, one thing I'm I'm not too sure about. I always hear fire cell going on, have some cash on hand. Mm-hmm. A lot of these channels, YouTube YouTubers who follow the economy and, and stuff like you do, they're mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, billionaires, they're waiting for this big fire cell, this and that. But I also hear, get your money out of the banks. Get your money out of the banks. Now, right. uh, I, I know some, some guys say, look, put them in little credit unions here, a little bit there, a little bit there. But if you're going to buy something like a fire cell, like mm-hmm. property, uh, these assets that are going to be extremely undervalued, mm-hmm. you got to have money in the bank. You can't go and, you know, with, you know, wheelbarrow full of cash and, and go buy these assets or property or stuff. So, right. you know, you got to have money in the bank, but then they're saying, you know, your money's not safe in the bank. You got to have money, you know. So mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think? So that's a great point, man. And so and that's where I think conventional conventional wisdom based upon prior events, making sure doing a recessionary type events, you got to have cash on hand. Right. But then heading into a reset where they're li- literally rebooting the system. I'd imagine, you know, all depositors will not be treated equally. And so you got the average mom and pop, the middle class worker, the person who has probably under that two hundred and fifty thousand FDIC approved type stuff. They're going to be treated a lot different than Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and those guys will, because they have firsthand knowledge as to the timing, probably of things, to where they're not they're not considered your average customer. So they themselves will be treated a lot different than your average person, mind you. The goal, I think, for the government as well as the banksters to make sure that the the average person uh, that has credit cards, a housing mortgage, the person who has debt, those people are the ones that are going to be herded in and be primary recipients of the CBDC, not Mark Zuckerberg and Bezos. They're not worried about that. They have, unfortunately, they're part of a different class and they're going to be treated differently. So they'll be able to purchase all types of things. Now, your average person, I I couldn't begin to tell you how that'll roll out, but I imagine 
you know, having it in a actual FD, the FDIC bank will become null and void the contract for that. And then I see TB say credit unions, they also fall under the in national credit union or something, another, whatever. So that ultimately they could probably have issues too. So there's no, no safe haven whatsoever for your average investor, but the other class might be treated differently for whatever that's worth. So, um, hold on. So, mm-hmm. so what you're saying is, uh, for the average Joe, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, he's got, uh, say he's got right at the limit of 250,000. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be safe or he won't, uh, I mean, will the FDIC guarantee that money and he'll be able to use it? So, or it's, it's my suspicion that, you know, through the Dodd-Frank Act, the concept of bail-in is already law and legal and lawful. And the FDIC will oversee how basically creditors become um, semi-shareholders or, you know, your funds will be bailed in and you'll become a creditor of the bank and given some type of some some type of you know share in the bank or, or something like that based upon what happened with Cyprus and stuff like that. So the FDIC will honor that, but then again, you won't be able to get full access to that. And then they're going to probably put time restrictions on to how much you can take out and when you can do it because it's about, so you know, I, go ahead. Yeah. So if I, so if I had 250 K in the bank and uh, it's a fire sale going on, I won't be able to use that money to purchase property. That's, that's or, a very high probability. I think I, I that's, that's my well, suspicion. Yes. That, Wow, so that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty shady. I mean, your money's not safe in the bank. It's not yours. Well, it's not. You it's know. not yours. So basically, yeah. so basically, when you deposit there, the fine print basically states that you now turn it over to them. It's their asset, your liability. They had. They you. They owe you that money back. And so once it's in their possession, it belongs to them. So that's why they give us what point oh oh one percent or whatever it is, because they're using that for their purposes, and then we are on the hook if something goes under. And just I think a good example of that would be. Looking up Cyprus in 2013, that's a, a real yeah, time event. Yeah, I remember event. when that happened in Greece. Yeah, and I remember then, when that happened in Greece, sure. Most recently with the whole Celsius and Voyager, like, you know, that's that's in a crypto space, but the same measurement supply, the fine print reads the same exact way. So now we're, we're unsecured creditors and you go through the bankruptcy process, even though that's not a financial institution, but it still has a long drawn out process, which makes it very hard for you to get cash to go out and purchase right now. You got to wait, wait in line. In a sense, got it. So that's just that's just right, you know Mike. that's my opinion, man. I'm not a you know that's just I just based upon other events that have that's taking place everywhere else. I just come to that conclusion there. So yeah, but we're in the U.S., man. We print it. We print it. We're the we're the, 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 the you know the what do you call it? The global reserve currency, man. Right, and that, and that's what's uh, in the process of being. They're trying to work out the details of that transition itself. So, but hey, man, appreciate you calling, my friend. No problem, Mike. Have a good night. You too. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, I just think uh, moving forward, people will find out uh, the, literally the, the the cliche model of if you don't hold it, you don't own it. And I think uh, contracts, as I always said before, just because we've never experienced, you know, some type of outright economic collapse, i.e., depressionary style event where you know, contracts don't perform. I think Lynette Zhang does a good job of mentioning how, you know, non-performing contracts, are they really contracts with insurance companies, you name it, anywhere you sign your name, expecting to get something in the future or something takes place in between. Uh, it's all subject to 
you know, economic conditions and that whole force majeure that becomes very popular as of late. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. This is Coolis White Dude, Yashkaba, Mexico. I'd cool like to wish you a happy birthday to one of your biggest fans. Oh, it's your birthday, man? Uh, no, it's uh, one of your biggest fans' birthdays. Uh, tomorrow, actually, it's the uh, coolest white woman in Yashkaba, Mexico. <laughs> well, happy, <laughs> happy, <laughs> tell her happy, birth- happy early birthday, man. <laughs> yes, I... Uh, I called a couple of weeks ago and I spoke about the Baltic shipping index. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it down. I was just looking at a chart of it. it I have it down uh, year to date or in one year, 74%. Yeah. That's on the trading economics uh, website. Uh, that's low. I mean, this is really low. Mm-hmm. Uh so with that, do you think that China is preparing for a wartime scenario? And my other question to you in the audience would be, let's say Trumpster comes clean with uh, saying he was misled on some information. Mm-hmm. Do you consider uh, a revolt because people may have uh, buyer's remorse? And I'm choosing my words carefully. Right. <laughs> um. I, so I, I did see um, I, I did see some information about that, and uh, I think it was a, one of the politicians mentioned that basically mentioned that people would hit the streets if they were to do some type of, you know, whether Trump was, you know, prosecuted or indicted for something or they decided to try to reverse the whole election process or something like that. There would be outright civil unrest flat out like it's happening no matter what. But then again, if there was an event like that, that's what they want. So you're going to have a whole group of, uh, you know, you know, officers dressed up like your average Joe out there inciting things because it's in pur- it's on purpose. So uh, I would guarantee that would be the re- end result of anything that come about at this current moment. So that'd be my such my opinion. Well, that politician that you're speaking of is a pretty high powered senator. Uh, that was Lindsey Graham yeah. that said that over Lindsey the Graham. weekend. Good point. And um, you know, Judge uh, Napolitan. Um, he said he expects uh, President Trumpster to be indicted. Mm. So, you know, what's this really about? Is this? I, I personally don't think this is about some contents in his safe regarding some papers or some information that he had. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go after him for the taxes, and then it goes to Misery Loves Company, and they're going after Johnny and Jane Common folk. He just kind of looks like, hey, I got hit too, mm-hmm. which we know is all theater. You know, no one yeah. in high power in the United States of Israel goes to uh, prison. It's only for serfs. Right. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I just think what if, if there was to be some type of announcement or or attempt to you know do anything negatively to Trump, you're going to have 74 plus million people definitely trying to, you know, they're going to be backing them up and it's going to be hella problems, which will be a great, it'll be an ideal situation for them to c- declare, or I think we're already in national emergency still. I think they extended it already, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll put more of a, a more of a, uh, more of a right in their possession to try to do something crazy by putting boots on the ground, troops on the ground, you know, you know, all that crazy stuff, man. So who knows? Do you think uh, China's preparing for a wartime scenario, and that's why that shipping index is down, you know, 74% mm-hmm. in one year? 
that's big time. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but think I realize also, you know, things are things globally are drying up, and they're deliberately withholding and not importing things because they're trying to make sure they got enough for their own moving forward. So, a lot of this is intentional. But then again, it, it's hard to read into. But we know that it's going to equal a shortage of goods in the not too distant future for everybody around the world. So it's not going to be pretty regardless, I think. So, you know, of course, of course war is always on the table. So who knows? <laughs> who yeah. Knows, well, man? typically, typically, you know, Ray Dalio references when he talked about the, uh, the empire is falling, mm-hmm. the, uh, empire that's in power normally attacks the rising empire, which would be China. So maybe something's going to come with that Taiwan yeah. uh, deal. When we take that over, yeah, I don't know. Interesting times. It's very scary. I listened to a Department of Offense uh, gentleman speaking last week mm-hmm. for about thirty minutes, and he didn't mention the P word once. That's peace. Right. Oh, peace, that, my friend. They don't want that, man. They don't want that at all. They need chaos. But hey, man, appreciate your call, my friend. All right. Thank you. Good yeah, night. Be good. Yeah, peace is not an option. They need chaos, turmoil. <laughs> All right, man, let's keep it moving. Uh, feel free to thought some ideas, thoughts. I see some comments out there. Let me get uh, a couple more calls. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? Mike, Tony from Oakland one more again. TB, what's good, my friend? How you doing, boss? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, not bad, man. Not bad. What's going on with you? Good. I'm, I, I'm just wondering what is it going to take for you to, to, to get off the CBDC thing? What is it going to take for you to say, okay, it's going to be fed now and nothing else? Um, just because, you know, nothing is for sure. Nothing is certain. And so they, they, they're, I, I think this fed now, of course, is the, you know, is a upgraded version of the SWIFT system. And so the way they're setting it up and based upon the, the jargon they're talking about is that it has all the blockchain, you know, crypto lingo to it, fast, instant transact, yada, yada, yada. And CBDC, to me, is already included within that. Like, it's just that easy, I think, to make some back-end programs and issues some tokens of some kind to the people. So I think the software itself is is primed for that. So I think it's all inclusive. But the CBDC gets rid of the banks. Uh, and I, I, and that's where that, that sounds that, – that does seem like a problem. But then again, there's talk of all this stablecoin stuff. So assuming the stablecoin is the intermediary process that they'll allow to take place – until they iron all this out, possibly. So stable coins aren't going anywhere. Now, whether it be one or two or however that works, I don't know. But they got some options, I think, as far as how they want to roll something out, I think. Well, no, I, the way I look at it, and, and, and I could be totally wrong in my thinking, is I look at the, uh, the, the stable coins, the altcoins, as the next uh, Dow, the next NASDAQ, the mm-hmm. next, you know, S&P 500. Right. That's the way I look at those things. But when you're talking about having to redo the money, mm-hmm. that is totally different. I, I right. think that, that they, they need to write now instant payments because we the one that screwed everything up with the uh, the Swiss system. Mm-hmm. So they up it to the Swift GPI. Mm-hmm. And and now they're just moving, plugging along to just try to get the right now payment. China has been on that. And, right. and that's the way they're going China way. Right. And China's been on that for a while. So it's just a matter of what they're doing over in China is what we need to look at rather than hopefully that, that they're screwing everybody over here in the U.S. They're going to get our money regardless. <laughs> they, they've already set that up. Yeah, We fall for it every time. So, you know, there's there's no there's no hidden hand, a hidden agenda around here. Right. Uh, you know, they're still going to run things. 
Yeah. Hey, I, I don't doubt it, man. But it's good to say that it'll be an it'll be obvious when things really hit the fan as far as all this Federal Reserve fighting, clashing, whatever this crap, when it blows through, they're gonna be ready to roll out something. And a government, our government's gonna be definitely supporting the hand and fist just because they're gonna want people to have an option so that they're not coming to DC, <laughs> even though they're gonna be on DC's capital steps yeah. anyway. <laughs> You're not smart enough. Mike, Who's we're that? not smart enough. The average Joe? The American people yeah. are not smart enough to figure out that they've been screwed over. <sighs> Which, and I, I couldn't disagree with you, man, unfortunately. That's kind of why I'm going to be ranting at night, hoping to wake people up in some somehow, some capacity, man. <laughs> it, it, it's nice and all, but, you know, they, they, you can't wake them up if they're already asleep. Right. You know, it, they, or people are, are so far gone with this sort of thing that they don't realize that India's setting up a, a gold thing mm-hmm. in order so they can they can use their 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 rupee. Yeah. Uh, Russia set up their thing so they can use the ruble. Chinese set up their thing so they can use the yuan. Yeah. And we talking about U.S. is going to be U.S. going to run everything with it? No, no. Everybody's going to have their own currency backed by gold. Mm. I, I can I can roll with I can go with that and so. That means if gold will be a backing to reinstate confidence, then where will silver tag along with that price-wise? The, the, the same price has been since the, the Brenton Woods. If you take the, the 30-some-odd years that we've been in Brenton Woods mm-hmm. and, and, and times it out, it's roughly about what gold price is today. Mm-hmm. Now, as and far so as the gold-to-silver ratio, what are you looking at? Because I, I mean, reason I'm, reason I'm not so concerned with the price per se is just because at that point when the world used gold as a backing, we're not going to be pricing things in USD anymore. So we're going to have to use some type of new standard, of, you know, to measure the price of gold to other items. And I think the ratios will come into play in a lot of commodities, I think. So I think I'd be a part of the whole basket that they're going to try to put together, you know, some type of, you know, exchange ratio or deal between countries. That would be my suspicion. It, it, it would behoove them to keep gold separate from silver. Mm-hmm. I mean, silver is used in a different way than what the gold is. Gold is monetary. Yeah. Silver is used in industrial. Yeah. So it's hard to marry that, that ratio together, even though people try and people say it's this and it's that, and they, they, uh, they arbitrage one against the other. Yeah. Uh, it's easier to say gold is going to be a certain price. And Russia's already nailed down what it's going to be. They, they were like 1600 mm-hmm. whatever that whatever that number is that they nailed, 1650 or something like that. They uh, nailed that number. Yeah. The five, and it's five, not going five, five, Whatever. Anyway, go ahead. I got you, though. Yeah, I can't think of the number offhand. <laughs> but yeah, but whatever that equates to is roughly about 1600 where our gold price is like 1700 yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Russia cutting the somebody a deal or something now they, they've set their price and that that's what it's going to be yeah. and when the economy goes down that 1600 price or whatever they have on it it's going to be it's going to it's going to do some damage to uh the, to to what the u.s has going for it because mm-hmm. the u.s ain't going to be able to, to to lie or cheat or steal their way out of it right, right. and i think what's just doing is that, that you know everybody's talking how uh it's going to be a cold winter um i actually think that russia is trying to save the, the europe from the u.s mm. So, oh, I mean, I wouldn't, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that, I mean, use, utilizing Russia will be their best lifeline because Russia got what they need. You know what I'm saying? So continuing to buy on to the U.S. Is, is, is fool. It's a damn, yeah, it's foolish. Russia's economy is in great shape. They mm-hmm. they can afford to take on the U.S. and be all right. Right. Um, 
and and then you know China is, is is helping out with this too. So I think it's just a combination of everybody's just trying to hey save me man save me from the U.S. and the U.S. is like you do this you, you make sure you do this. I mean and and when the U.S. do that to other countries, the first thing they're going to do once they pay the U.S. back or the IMF back, right? They're going to jump over to the BRI, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is not. The, the yeah. U.S. know they're on their way out, so they they stealing everything they can, they're robbing everything they can. They're gonna make us pay for everything that 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 we have. Yeah, and uh, you know that, that's the only way we're gonna have nothing. <laughs> hey man, appreciate the call, man. Good talking. <laughs> Good actually. stuff as always, man. Appreciate you. To you. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's keep it moving. Appreciate the back and forth. I saw someone mention about the software. Software or this program here is called StreamYard. It's a great little browser feature. Um, Daryl says FedNow is for domestic transaction and a CBDC is for global transactions. They will coexist. They don't have the same use case. Dig a little deeper. Now, the CBDC, Daryl, is for global transactions. And so what exactly will the average person use here domestically. Uh, And so central bank digital currency, uh, is that uh, if it's EUSD, Fed coin or whatever it is, that's that, that's the unit of account that they're going to put in every everyday Joe's wallet, digital wallet. And so how would that equate to global transactions will be my question. Cause I think uh, the biggest issue is, as they say, helping get funds into the hands of the unbanked and all the, you know, all the the people who need instant cash right away. And then, of course, using the whole issue with the stimulus checks not arriving on time and people not having their IRS uh, account set up because they don't pay. And so we're going to alleviate all that. We'll make it easier. Just download this app. You'll get how many ever monthly units to spend. And of course, it comes with those stipulations of you know, if you don't comply or do this, then you go from there. Persistence and resistance says your bank account is a digital wallet. Correct. But your bank account is a commercial bank product. And with the central bank digital currency, they're going to have the wallets on their ledgers and in their network system, probably interoperable with the commercial banks. But at some point, there will be no need for commercial banks. Mind you, we're only down to, I think, eight globally systemic important banks in the U.S. And the head honchos, Goldman, J.P. Morgan Chase, and uh, probably one other bank will be the last two or three banks standing. And beyond that, there are no, there's no need for banks in this economy they're creating, especially if they're going to use central banks as the issuer, as the final issuer of our currency, which has been a, the game plan all along. So commercial banks, they have a lifeline to them, I believe. But I could be wrong. Fed now is a domestic settlement, though. No doubt. No doubt, Daryl. No doubt. Now, so, yeah, just the question is, as far as what will people actually use for transactions? Because eventually when paper is gone down the line, there's going to be something in the form of a currency unit on phones. And I think that's what uh, I refer to when I say central bank digital currencies. Now, on an international scene, global transactions, 
of course, you know, the CBDC could be utilized, but if Russia and China talking about using, you know, gold stable coins or gold back this or that, or whatever the medium that they're wanting for payment, the U S will either have to get on board with that and offer something of equivalent value. They're definitely not going to take IOUs no more. Then the question will be, well, how will the U S settle those transactions in the future? You know, what would actually, what would U S bring to the table? You know, if we were in an environment where everybody had to, open up their vaults or actually give something a real value that wasn't uh, weaponized like the federal reserve system has done. So those are just things I think that uh, we're going to find out if they've already worked it out. And of course, I believe the East and West are working together just because as I mentioned before with the fed now uh, there was a infographic that I put out a while ago, which was on the discord, which is deleted now, but it showed how China and Russia had already pledged to participate in 2024. I think, that they were going to sign up to it. So it's all going to be interoperable. We all know that. That's the whole point of this blockchain stuff is to lay the framework for how that technology will be used. It's all software controlled by the bankers. So once again, the bankers are still in control of this despite everything else. Uh, It says people conflating digital with blockchain. They are similar, but not the same. If they need a warrant for your info, they must go to the entity with blockchain. They don't. Um, but which, okay, that could be more precise. I'm just more so saying like, just as far as a ledger with retail transactions that will be recorded and controlled and programmable will come from the federal reserve, the base upon the way things are operating now. And even if we are stuck with an intermediary, such as a stable coin that the banks use, it's going to be coming from their networks and then they're going to have access to limit or freeze accounts like they're doing now with the usdc and all that other stuff so anyway go we're all being transitioned into a solely a computer and digitized world where if you don't write the code you damn sure don't control the consensus do you really own something and that's the problem with this public ledger easy track and traceable stuff man like this is where we're heading and that's my biggest issue is that I, I don't trust the code, man. I can't trust computer code knowing that this is what they wanted all along. Even when it comes to Bitcoin, nobody seems to care about how, and what, and why, and who Satoshi was. Satoshi, you know, of course, people know here, it's, it's the government and stuff like that. But even still, uh, it says, what are the 87,000 arm agents going to collect if we transition to CBDC? Um, I think this initial 87,000 is more so designed to collect prior funds from people's possessions. And so what they'll end up doing is causing so much havoc where people will probably be forced to sell some things and try to come up with funds based upon prior transactions, which is another way of them saying you'll own nothing and be happy with it because they're going to literally cause so much of a headache with all the audits and stuff to where people are going to have to you know, get rid of some things, obviously get cash to get current on their taxes if they have been, you know, fraudulent on their reporting. So the goal is to get that back stuff. And then moving forward in the future, they won't be no need for IRS agents because it's going to be automatically deducted from your digital wallet. So you won't need agents because you just, it'll just disappear at your wallet. I think, you know, China's probably the best example of what we can look look towards in the future as far as everything already been set up there the, the entire social credit cbdc that whole system is set up 
and operational right now in China. So to get a look at what U.S. is copying, just look at what's happening in China. And people over there have a different mindset. They accept it, but they comply. Hand and fist. Hello, Paul. Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up, Mike? It's Joe from PA. Charles, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Not much. Just had a question hearing one of your last callers. On any, I know he said the United States of Israel. I was just curious. Like, I keep hearing Israel has like the biggest banks, but what exactly is Israel's role as far as like why do some countries seem to be really, very very delicate around them? Like, mm-hmm. I know Russia said Hitler was Jewish, and then they apologized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Um, I think uh, Jay Z said something about the Jews own they own everything, and mm-hmm. then he apologized. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like. What's what's the deal with Israel? Like, why do people seem to tiptoe around them? What's what's that all about? Ah, so it's my so to me, a lot of this goes back towards the spiritual essence of things in ref in relation to the nation of Israel and the Jewish race in general. And I think that at the center of that would be the Rothschild family, and on top of all those other oligarch families that are the ultimate landlords as well as the central bank owners of the world. Every central bank is owned by a small group of people. They happen to be Jewish. So everywhere I've ever gone in my life, wherever there's a Jewish community, they're they're, they're flourishing. And a lot of that has to do, you know, in my opinion, with, you know, from a biblical standpoint, the blessing uh, on the Jewish race in general. And on top of that, the way that they run governments and run the monetary system, they happen to always have their hands in on everything. And you're just not allowed to you know, touch that. That's just, that's just where you don't go. And that's just, that's just on a surface tough there, but it, it goes a lot deeper. And of course, I think it has a lot to do with the current race of Jews being more satanic than anything else. I mean, so, the, you know, there's a lot of demonic influence in, the, in this as well. So, this has a lot to do with everything that's coming in the future, in my opinion, as far as the uh, biblical tribulation and things of that nature as well. So, you know, that we have an enemy at work that use any race, any color, creed, you name it. So it's just that he's very uh, successful using that race as of now. I see, because I, I know I saw some Jewish people outside the supermarket when I was younger and I asked them, like, like, um, is it true that like all Jews are rich? And then he kind of gave me this look like people think that, but there's a lot of poor Jewish people and we work hard mm-hmm. and we don't, we're not always, we're not always rich. So mm-hmm. he, he seemed to like not appreciate the stereotype because I guess it really doesn't match up to what the world thinks. Right. But, you know, push, pushing that aside, let me ask you about Trump. Cause like the last caller was saying, mm-hmm. cause everybody's kind of wondering like, okay, Trump's out of office. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Like, why are they still going after him? And then, like, I heard somebody say he allowed all those people to steal all that money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, what, what, I didn't really get to act, like, further into that when the person said he allowed all those people to steal all that money. So I, do you think that person, again, we're speculating here, but mm-hmm. do you think that person is talking about the PPP loan? Like, what exactly do you think that person meant by that? Like, did he do the Fed dirty? Like, did, like, did, he, did he cross the Fed somehow? Cross the Fed somehow, I don't think so. If I'm not mistaken, then the Treasury and the Federal Reserve was basically merged under his watch. And so, so the, 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 the particular crowd that is associated with that particular alphabetic letter would say that, you know, the, you know, the Treasury is in charge of the Fed and they're going to come out with the Nasara Jacera and 
So a lot of people are on that camp. But then again, I haven't seen nothing of the like. To me, we're still in lock and step. And mind you, I like to, you know, people, every signature was signed by the, that former administration for what we're experiencing now. So whether it's a part of a, 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 a sting operation or he's one of the big boys, I, I think it goes hand in hand to where, where, where we're at now was brought on by presence before before him so i think he was just doing what he was supposed to do to get us to this point so as far as that you know money he's referring to i'm not quite sure but there's trillions upon trillions is missing i think rob kirby and you know robert dr robert skidmore did a great job talking about the 21 missing trillion and everything of that like so there's never been an audit of the fed so we don't know what's out there in existence and, and who has it but the family i mentioned earlier it's good to say if they own the central banks then they got first dibs and they own it. So, you know, they're not hurt neither. And they own governments and castles in every country, you name it. So, yeah, that's just my my little two cents, man. All right. And, and when it comes to, like, presidents meeting the the uh, meeting the Pope, the Vatican mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. again, I understand that that's a lot of people's faith. Um, but we, you know, we, we, we've seen the, some of the stories that come out with the child molestation. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm just asking, like, why do presidents feel like they have to um, they have to uh, meet the Pope? And even when it comes down to I don't think I haven't heard about it much anymore with COVID. But mm-hmm. even when it came down to like the, um, the, you know, the royals inside the Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. I was always curious about how like when they would come over to visit America, mm-hmm. it was like American politicians were like, almost seemed like they were kissing up like they were like you know they're like well i have a jacket for you right it was just like wait a minute aren't we aren't we free or is our property taxes still going back over to england yeah because like it it just seemed like to me like they were like you know it it was almost like we didn't look that independent right because like why why are we having gifts for them when they come through like we like i thought we were independent like why they don't do that for us right like they when we when we come over there to them they do a little marching thing but they don't have like they don't make it. They don't make sure that they have gifts for us. Right. That's so true. Like, what do, what do you think? But, but but going back to that last Pope thing, though. Yeah. What do you think this is all about? Because I remember when I heard a story about the Pope. He has this uh, telescope. I think it's called like the Lucifer telescope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm saying, I'm saying to myself like, what what's really going on? Like, why are presidents meeting with somebody, mm-hmm. looking at the Lucifer? Like, they they would look out of this tele- telescope called the Lucifer telescope. It's like, are they really rubbing this? All in our face, and then like mm-hmm. they said that the the Vatican showed, I mean the Pope showed Obama something in the telescope, mm-hmm. and then they just laughed at after they looked at the moon. <laughs> so like, what's what's, yeah. what's going on with it's like is the, is the moon like are they like is this this stuff seems much bigger than just like it money is. and oh it is it's like, about control. Like, I'll let you I'll let you I'll let you have that. Appreciate All right, you. Have a nice night. Thank you, man. Yeah, like uh, yeah, you you're, you're hitting it dead on the nail, man. With what's really going on, like. It's quite obvious that we've been lied to from day one. Nothing that we're witnessing uh, appears as it really seems because it's not. Uh, and that's why it's no way of going around, you know, all the satanic ritualistic stuff underway. You know, just it's 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 never been more apparent to me how factual biblical prophecy is and what we're up against. Like literally all those people, they're working together and they're doing it on behalf of something or someone. And mankind has an enemy 
and you know you can you can give me you know you actually said the Lucifer telescope. You know, Lucifer was the name of the angel that fell. You know, he's known as Satan. I mean, that's the villain or the unemployed cherubim that uh, has taken rulership of this land momentarily. But then again, that's why the book of Revelation has been so vital because it tells you how this ends. And it's, it's, it's never been more obvious how the clock is ticking faster and faster. And we are approaching, you know, a, a head point to where we're going to find out a lot of truth moving forward. And so just uh, be patient, make sure your spiritual house is in order. And uh, definitely you, you, we're going to be surprised at what we see. So it's quite obvious that, you know, where, where we're at and who's behind this. So, I don't think I need to go much further than that, but yeah, we're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out. Uh, also, let me, before I dial down, let me acknowledge the super chat. I appreciate you. Sorry about that. Um, uh, let me see. It says, realistically, how successful would a digital currency be? Surely this is going to open the door to black markets and underground economies. Um, so uh, digital currency comes in different forms. You have the decentralized version that we're told that comes on proof of state, proof of work, or all those other consensus models, or you got the CBDC model, or you got the current commercial bank digital ledger dollar type currency that you're referring to. So all four or five of those categories will be treated differently. And outside of the private coin type projects that are up and operational right now, those are probably the ones that'll face the most resistance moving forward but then those are what are most likely to be utilized just because they're not trackable or traceable at this current moment whereas in bitcoin that's you know it's a surveillance coin cbdc's will be programmable to where they will know everything and what time and how much calories and you name it what you're doing with it so you won't really get away with that and so literally people are going to be bartering with hand in hand with real items so i can see people utilizing some form of a medium whether it be physical silver gold copper or hell whatever you need like you know a can of beans you know saying type barter stuff so there's going to be multiple ways of transacting with people but you're going to you're going to want to stay away from something that is programmable and you didn't write the code because it's definitely going to be trackable or they're going to freeze it in real time and I mean, how how many of us using iPhone? Did you pay attention to the symbol? They are laughing at people. <laughs> no doubt. Um, what else we got here? All right. Well, it looks like we're approaching uh, our oh, our point, man. Uh, appreciate everybody for hanging out with me. Hopefully, there was some good back and forth uh, in the chat there. And I think based upon all the world events, it doesn't take much to realize that there is a much greater darker force at play because of the amount of evil that we're witnessing and the events that's being thrown our ways, all intentional. And I just want to continue to point out that Prince Charles speech from last year, where he talked about governments coming together and basically preparing the way for him and it. And who was that him or it, that person, that entity that they're talking about handing power over to the world economic forum is trying to, work together to formulate a single governing body that eventually they're going to want a leader to lead that. And I think that's all being set up right now as we speak. And that's why they've set a time frame as to when they want this accomplished, assuming that they're going to try to issue usher, usher power into that person or that entity's possession so that we can, you know, 
follow the biblical timeline of the set last seven year time frame of this dispensation and everything that comes with it. So, uh, yeah, everything is right on schedule. Put like that. You know, we're right on schedule for everything God has already determined must take place before we get to the grand finale. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting times, to say the least. But anyway, people, be blessed. Be safe. I will see you guys tomorrow, Lord willing. And in the meantime, definitely love on your neighbors. Do good for your brothers and sisters. Get your prayer game up. Do everything you can in the natural just to sustain yourself for as long as you can. And put your trust and faith in the Lord because he will see you through. Peace. <laughs>